It's ball talk. It's ball talk, baby. 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 Hello and welcome to the Ball Talk Podcast. It's currently Friday, October 1st at 10:22 a.m. I'm your host, John Sock, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, the best in the business, Chaz Jurgens. Chaz, how are you doing today, buddy? You know who it is. It's uh, another great day. A little wild to hear you say October 1st. Feels like this year's just flying by, but excited to to be getting into the fall and you know what this time of year means in, in most sports. You know what I'm saying? Baseball season, playoffs are rolling around. NBA, you got the season starting and NFL, we're right in the thick of things. So it's a beautiful time to be alive, loving life and coming off a, a fresh 35 point chicken McNugget dub in the quarterfinals yesterday. So, Oof. you know, everything's looking good over here. We need you to keep winning until me and Elijah can come home for my birthday because, oh, I want to get some more games in. Oh, I want to get some more games in. and nothing more. Quite Shout out to Ariel Kinkler. There is nothing quite like playing in your league with the boys. Yes, um, sir. Yeah, big, big up to Ariel. Please sponsor us. Um, <laughs> but basketball to not. Basketball to, to not. To, to, to today. To to football something something today's episode we're going to talk about what we saw in week three of the nfl and if we have mm-hmm. some time we're going to look ahead to some week four highlights we will have time i don't know why i, I wrote that before i wrote the notes <laughs> we will have time to look at some week four highlights uh week three was just so much fun mm-hmm. literally this look I, we were spoiled with week one week two was kind of a dud week three we were spoiled this is literally everything you could want in a football game close finishes um controversies mm-hmm. Uh, sacks galore, two attempts at the longest kick in NFL history, one which was successful and doinked off the crossbar to go in with no time on the clock for the win. Shout out to shout out to the Ravens. And the other one which turned into a 109-yard kick six. Uh, we had that missed delay of game call, which I referred to, uh, for mm-hmm. Baltimore to also get that field goal. We had, uh, we had a Green Bay field goal to win it with no time on the clock. We had Raiders winning in overtime. We had the, the Chiefs lost. It, it, it was absolute <laughs> chaos out here in week three. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm loving it. I love the NFL. Yeah, I think those those might have both been records. Not only Justin Tucker's 66-yarder in the Dome up there in Detroit, but also that that 109-yard kick six. I'm pretty sure that's the longest return well, in NFL I, history. You, you literally <laughs> can't go any further, so I would yeah. have to agree with you because <laughs> – Either uh, tied it or broke it. Like it's, it's, that's all you got. Shout out to Dan Orlovsky for wanting an extra yard in that in that uh, end zone. But uh, quite <laughs> frankly, you're going 109 yards. I think it's him. I think he's he's, he's one of three. I think uh, we have uh, now three players who have had 109 yard mm. field goal, uh, 109 yard uh, touchdowns. I'm Big sure Devin points. Hester's on that list. Absolute I, I, goat returner. <laughs> I should have pulled it up. I regret not having it open for us right now, and I'm not ready to sit on it, so we're going to have to move on. Yeah, and then that Raiders-Dolphins game, I mean, field goals and overtime oh galore just to have Carlson ice it at the end there. It's that a, was beautiful. Uh, that was. I mean, that game should not have been as close as it was, but that game was beautiful. And I think we'll talk about that a little more later because we are going to talk about all these teams that are 3-0 and because I love the AFC West. Apparently, I'm an AFC West guy now. AFC, apparently I've become the AFC West's biggest fan because we're talking about them every single week. We're talking about them more than we're talking about my Tennessee Titans. And maybe it's because I overcompensate and don't talk about my Titans. Psych, I know I'm talking about them too much. I know I am. I know I am. I put them in our must-watch games every week. I know I'm talking yeah. about them too much. Even when they're playing lackluster competition. Hey, no spoilers. Um, <laughs> But I want to start with talking, speaking of lackluster competition... <laughs> Let's start by talking about the rookies because everyone loves talking about the rookies and mm-hmm. 
it's time to be honest. It's it's time to be honest. Look, everyone was really excited for them in preseason. I get it. Yeah. And they all looked really good in preseason. I'm not lying. I'm not I'm not saying anything groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. But all five of these QB these rookie QBs have looked really really bad. Hey, hey, which hey. is exact <laughs> which is exactly what you expect from rookie quarterbacks. Okay? I know we just saw Justin Herbert set the world on fire. I, I, I know we saw it, okay? We all saw Justin every record, every everything. And Tua looked playable and Joe Burrow looked good when he was playing. We kind of got spoiled with last season's last season's rookie QBs. People mm-hmm. are already out on Tua again, okay? Let's let's the let's Sean put... Watson rumors are swirling already. Look, we got spoiled last year by our Q, by the rookie QBs not absolutely sucking. Mm-hmm. They were outstanding, especially Justin Herbert. Justin Herbert was absolutely outstanding, one of a kind rookie. People are already calling him a generational player. They're saying he's better than Mahomes. Don't get me started. It, everything, okay? So how about we taper our expectations back for a next crop of rookies, okay? Mm-hmm. This crop of rookies has yet to win a game. I mean, except for when the two two of them played each other. Like that is okay. I mm-hmm. said taper our expectations. That is really bad. <laughs> that is like a lot worse than you'd imagine. But it is closer to, to in line with expectations than what we've seen with her than what Justin Herbert set up last season. Mm. This, this is much more likely, much more likely to have everyone lose out than to have a Justin Herbert like season out of any of these guys. Especially when you're you're drafting these guys, these quarterbacks specifically, so highly. Like you know that you have a high draft pick because your team was not good enough to win enough games last year. So there's no way that that people can look at these quarterbacks. And I mean, for me, it's specifically, I look at Zach Wilson a lot because there was so much talk about him during the preseason from a lot of like real knowledgeable NFL guys that are on talk shows, on podcasts, saying Zach Wilson looks like he could be a generational guy. He's got the the arm throw, the precision, the, the all the awareness to be one of the greatest quarterbacks. And it's just, I understand, and he's got a great head coach in Bob Stala who's going to give him time to develop, but... But he's not giving him time in the pocket. Gosh, this guy's throwing like eight interceptions in the last two weeks now, and he's just giving them out for free. It's like, I understand that he's going to need some time, and a rookie quarterback's never going to come in and do amazing in the NFL. It's very, very rare, but... This is, it's definitely not been the most promising beginning for Zach Wilson's career. And I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with the way he's going about his business, but a couple of these throws that literally are just going straight to the other team at this point, you might as well just tuck it and throw it into the dirt or throw it out the sideline. Like you're just ruining your can, own rookie numbers at this point, son. Can I take a left turn? Can I, can yeah. I take a left turn? Go for it. I don't care what whatsoever. You want to hear a crazy stat? You want to mm-hmm. hear a crazy stat? You know how long, on average, Zach Wilson's pocket is uh, staying, um, is not collapsing? You know how long Zach Wilson has a pocket for, on average? No. I, on I'm... average, Zach Wilson's pocket is compromised after 1.8 seconds. How, oh. how are you supposed to read the field and throw the football in 1.8 seconds as a rookie who has never played in the NFL? Where Corey Davis is your best receiver. And I love you, Corey Davis. I miss you in the Titans. Don't get me wrong. But please mm-hmm. explain to me what he is supposed to do. Yeah. No, I'm like, that's part of the reason is I'm not saying that this is 
a telltale sign of how his career is going to go. But absolutely just what I'm saying is just get rid of the ball out of bounds, like tuck it, take a sack, just avoid yourself getting hurt, but avoid throwing it to the other team at all times. Cause all it does is just demoralize your entire roster and your defense right. forces them mm-hmm. to go out there in short field situations. It's just part of becoming a quarterback in the NFL. Like you're going to have mm-hmm. to, realize at some point like look we just can't throw it to the other team every time like sometimes just throw the Aaron Rodgers move and just bomb it 20 yards behind everybody don't let anybody catch it and just call the next play like there's Mm. nothing else he could do but yeah he's getting absolutely zero time in that pocket and there's no real run game to help him it's it's a disaster I I don't disagree with you on that I don't disagree (laughs) on you with you on that my only issue is if he isn't throwing interceptions if if he hasn't thrown seven interceptions do you think he's gonna have thrown any completions yeah. Like this, this, it, 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 it's, it's pretty atrocious what's going down in, in New York. I feel really bad for him that this is his, his walk-in situation. Mm-hmm. I, I just, it, it's Man, one, like, get his... I said, I said it before the draft. I'm saying it again. I feel horrible for Zach Wilson. This Jets team was not ready for a QB. They were not. Mm-hmm. They should still have Sam Darnold. They should have Sam Darnold right now. They, they should be, they should have drafted O-line. They should have traded down. They should have taken that package that the 49ers offered. They should have taken the 49ers package. Move down. Yeah. Draft some players for depth. Draft some, draft some receivers. Just, I don't anything. get anything, anything. Or draft Justin Fields later. You know, yeah. don't, but don't, don't draft, don't draft the QB at number two. You need so many more pieces. Don't mm. start the clock unless you think he's a generational talent. And if you truly think he's a generational talent, okay. You got to protect you. him. <laughs> you pr- that should be number one priority. I love Corey Davis. I love Corey Davis. But you mm-hmm. knew you had the number two pick. And everyone knew who was going number one. Yeah. You knew you were going to have your choice of anyone in the draft. Why did you go out and get Corey Davis with your money? Bulaga was Bulaga was available. The Chargers mm-hmm. went and got Brian Bulaga. And yeah. Yes, he's injured right now. But... There was old linemen available, quality mm-hmm. old linemen available. Go get some. Yeah. Bring some in. There was other great old linemen too. I'm just, there was plenty of great old yeah. linemen available in free agency. You could have at least built an average old line. Mm-hmm. And if I you're mean, bringing in a rookie QB and you're not going to have the weapons for him on offense, you're not going to have a wide receivers to help take the pressure off of him. At least give him a strong O line so he can take the time to get extra time to learn how to read the field. Mm-hmm. when he's got more time in the league then let this then let the pocket get weaker okay i mean obviously you know you don't want to ever let the pocket get weaker but it doesn't need to be as a prior as big a priority once you know he's as good as as aaron Rodgers, as russell wilson once he learns how to scramble one thing yeah and we're seeing it with kyler murray right now in terms of he's gotten so good he he's gotten so good at playing out of the scramble He's not Mm -hmm. necessarily one of the best scrambling quarterbacks, but in terms of, okay, we, whenever he, what was the number I heard? He's, he's complete connecting on over 80% of play of passing plays when blitzed. Yeah. And that is huge. Mm -hmm. That that is, that is awesome. Give, (laughs) give Wilson some time. Yeah. Like let him get to that point. Let him evolve. Let him get, let him get there. Don't start him right now where he's like, okay. And you're going to have no pocket. You're going to need to scramble, pull plays out of your butt. Throw off your back leg, throw off one leg, jumping wrong, the wrong way, throw across your body, across the field. Mm-hmm. Like he's able to do it physically, but I'm not surprised he's throwing all these interceptions. And yeah. you're going to talk about Zach Wilson's interceptions. I- I'm not giving Trevor Lawrence a free pass. 
I no mean, way. we just watched him play a great, a great, a great game in week four. I'm not, I'm not going to take that away. I'm not even going to downplay it in the slightest. He looked for half of that game of week four. He looked amazing. He had some throws, absolute bombs, both court, both halves. He has seven interceptions too. He has seven interceptions too. Yeah. And his team, his team mm-hmm. is not worse than the Jets. Yeah, uh, no, I mean. I, his, that... is not, his O-line is not as bad as that Jets O-line. Mm-hmm. And he's still throwing that same seven interceptions. I, I'm a little more on, on the Trevor Lawrence here. Where I'm like, why? Wh- how are you not throwing it out more often? You were supposed to show up and be this pro-ready QB, and you're leading the league in interceptions. I mean, at this point, he's already lost as many games to the NFL as he did in his entire college and high school career. So I'm sure there's a little bit of growing pains that are happening with being down there in Jacksonville with Urban and everything. But I mean, for Trevor Lawrence at this point, he's, yes, definitely just got to file the ball away sometimes. Like there's just no other two ways about it. The same thing with Zach Wilson, except this Jags team should feel like they're a little bit more in games often. Like they were up against the Bengals and, winning for a good chunk of that game like had a real shot in that one and not that he played poorly necessarily there but Mm. when you do throw interceptions when your team is in a close one or you're only down a score and and then you end up turning the ball over it gives the defense a short field makes their lives so much more difficult and then forces you to come out with brand new momentum the defense on the other side of the ball is hyped now because they know that they can go get one from you at any point so it's definitely Trevor Lawrence. You see him moving a little bit better around the pocket. He's getting out and scrambling more. I'm happy they're finally using James Robinson again. Yes. It looks like for the couple first couple of weeks, like Urban had just completely given up on James Robinson and Carlos Hyde is going to be their lead back. And that's just no way that that should have been done at any point. Like Carlos Hyde is a great backup to James Robinson because he can do a lot of things in the flats, catch and passes and a little quicker on the outside. And James Robinson, more of an inside runner, a strong guy, but, there's no way that they should ever be flipped one and two the way they were before because James Robinson can tote the rock and run through pretty much any D-line that he's seen at this point. And for an undrafted free agent rookie to come in and play the way he did last year, come in this season and just lose PT the way he had, it was it was really devastating to see. So the fact that he's already getting a little back in the rotation, clearly seeing more totes and, and more carries, I think that's only going to help Trevor Lawrence. Because you already saw that it already looks like he is playing better when James Robinson gets the ball because the whole defense has got to be clued in on the fact that he might run. And if he breaks one off, like he's going for 20, 30, 60 yards on you. Yeah. And, and I did I did just throw Trevor Lawrence under the bus. But last game, last game he looked really good. I want to put mm-hmm. that out there. So I don't want to come in and just dump on Zach Wilson because he looked bad through weeks one to three because Trevor Lawrence looked bad in weeks one through three. Yeah. We we kind of have a luck this luck because we got to watch, you know, we got to watch Trevor in week 4. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping Zach Wilson looks a little I actually hoping Zach Wilson looks about a lot better week 5 because he's playing my Titans <laughs> this week so I'm really hoping he looks even worse than ever this week. Sorry Zach, next week get him. But this mm-hmm. week I'm hoping not. But look, Trevor Lawrence looked like he's finally looked a lot better this week. No interceptions, threw it out of bounds more, was able to scramble more. Part of me was like you said i think a lot of that is having james robinson just run through a dude's face yeah like having james robinson go in and run through guys faces open <laughs> buys him a lot more time because now that every play action play you're the whole defense is like uh-oh we got james mm-hmm. robinson running do we have to watch yeah. him there was multiple plays where the defense just wasn't ready for it because mm-hmm. uh, i they didn't practice it yeah because <laughs> urban never used him and look i think mm-hmm. urban's gonna i think urban's kind of 
Urban's definitely struggling. He looked really not okay in that post-game press conference. People are expecting him to play that sick card in a couple of weeks. I'm hoping. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I, I don't think he is going to pretend to be sick. I think if he is, if he comes out as sick in the next few weeks, I imagine it is real. He is not a young man anymore. Yeah. Um, but I'm hoping that Urban is okay. He looked a little spinny. Uh, mm-hmm. that's also, what the tweets said, and I'm like, uh. So maybe I was, maybe I was anchored by the tweets. But we're hoping that, look, I'm hoping that Urban's all right. But one funny stat I read, it took Urban 68 games in college to lose four games. It took him mm-hmm. four games in the NFL to lose yeah. four games. These The boys in Jacksonville are struggling. It's a, a baptism by fire. We honestly do expect Urban. I personally expect Urban to take that USC job as soon as the season is over, maybe earlier, depending on how much longer this losing skid lasts with the Jaguars. That's a whole other conversation. But I do think that this uh, Trevor Lawrence, at least has some decent receivers on his team. And if they continue to use James Robinson, I think that O-line will only improve with the fact that they run the ball because they seem like a more run-heavy O-line. Like, mm-hmm. this is a little more intricacies of football here, but there's a lot of guys who do better in the run-blocking aspect of the O-line because you're using your weight and your strength to push guys forward. Like, you are actually getting up and moving forward at the snap of the ball versus pass protection where you're forced to be backpedaling against, like, 270 pound like six six guys who run four fives and that's a little bit harder to move with usually when you're no. 330 opposed <laughs> to just like getting up and pushing them forward so if jacksonville's o-line is a better run blocking line then they absolutely just give james robinson the ball 20 times a game mm-hmm. let trevor lawrence throw like maybe 25 passes you don't need that many mm-hmm. and just keep it moving on the ground slowly but surely and go grind out some games that you're not necessarily going to win a lot like that, but I think you're going to improve and your team's going to get better and you're going to have at least be in close games to let Trevor Lawrence maybe show a little bit of the signs of greatness to, to bring you on some late game drives or some second half comebacks that show you that like, okay, this dude has really got it like that and could be one of the bright future stars in the NFL for years to come. Mm-hmm. And one thing, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, one thing that I really like that the New England Patriots have been doing with Mac Jones is that they have, mm-hmm. um, oh, what's his name? The, the 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 running back that everyone was complaining about last week. Damian Harris. No, not Damian Harris. Um, the Dame's one they were complaining about. Starts with the B. Starts with the B. Come on. Come on. Oh, um, he's a new one. Byron Stevenson, maybe? What? Brandon Bolden. Bolden, yeah, Bolden. Rushing for negative one yards on three carries. Um, I actually like that they have him there as a pressure valve for Mac Jones. And I think that they, that the Jags should look at that too. I just don't think, I think that, I think that with rookie QBs, if you're going to play a rookie, I think that rookie QBs, you should always be punting their first season. Always. (laughs) Yeah. Unless you have a Super Bowl ready team. (laughs) Unless you have a super, if you have a Super Bowl ready team, your QB is almost definitely not going to be ready because for every Justin Herbert, there is this crop of rookies that has not won a game yet. Yeah. You should be punting. And that's not to say you shouldn't play them, but your schemes should be less about, Hey, we're going to win this football game and more about, Hey, how can I build the good, good habits in my QB? Mm -hmm. How can I make sure my QB learns how to read the field better? How can I make sure that my QB is ready to make my receivers look better? And then you Mm -hmm. got all this money because you got a rookie QB. His cap hit is way lower than it should be. You go, you get some receivers for him. After a year of practicing with this, he gets a new weapon. Or you play him behind, you get someone, a genius, Alex Smith, in front of him. Let him learn from Alex Smith. You let him learn that game. Mm-hmm. I think that there's ways. I, I think that there's a lot of ways to bring in a rookie QB. I think for very few of them, putting them in a position to win football games from day one is the right move. 
I think you should be putting them in a position to learn how to play NFL football. Mm-hmm. And if you're winning games, that's nice. Yeah. And if they're catching on quickly, you put in more more stuff. I like the way that the Patriots are bringing Mac Jones in slowly, and I think it will mm-hmm. pay dividends throughout his career. Obviously, I think they were hoping to win more than one game by now, especially when yeah. you won six. But when you went six and ten with Cam Newton, and now you come out to what they're one and two right now. Yeah, one and two with losses to the Saints and the Dolphins. Yeah, that was a bad loss to the Saints last week. That was a bad mm-hmm. one. Let's transition to that. Let's transition to that. And they got Tampa Bay this week. Oh my goodness! Look, yes. Mac Jones has been Mac Jones. I think has been good, and I think a lot of that has been the way that they're bringing him in. Mm-hmm. A, lot of, a lot of little dump, dumps and dinks, a lot of short passes. Not a lot of nothing too deep. And I do think that they should be throwing some more deep stuff in. I think that they should. I think there should be a little more wild in him. I think that you're holding the offense a little too tight. But mm-hmm. I, quite frankly, I trust Bill Belichick more than myself. Yeah, I'm never going to question Bill when it comes to, to grooming quarterbacks. Yeah, it's like, it's, uh, the, the yeah. I'm like, you know what? If there was an issue, Bill would say something. If McDaniels is messing it up, Bill would say something. Yeah. So I'm like, do what you want. I would like to see more deep throws, but also I'm not Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. I, I just, you know, I, I can make my, I can question him, but I, I will never sit there and be like, I know I, I, he should be doing this. I will never say he should be doing this about something that Bill Belichick is doing, mm-hmm. but man, Mac Jones receivers are killing him. Yeah. All that money spent is uh, not looking great. <laughs> okay. That first interception was entirely his fault. He should have just taken the sack. Mm-hmm. But you know what? He's a rookie QB. I don't care. You learn, okay? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's one where you're the that's one where you're the head coach, and you sit there and you said, "I'm happy he took he threw that interception, because mm-hmm. I want to show it to him on film, yell at him, and make sure he learns." Yeah, he will definitely be watching that one again. He's gonna be watching it again and again, and I love his the, the attitude that he's displayed in these post game press conferences, talking about that stuff. I love it. I love that he didn't seem too down on himself for the interceptions. Mm-hmm. I love that. The second one. <laughs> I, 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 I don't. I. They spent one hundred and nine million dollars, one hundred and nine point seven five million dollars, almost one hundred and ten million dollars. Million dollars. <laughs> there are that is more than the OKC Thunder pay their entire team by like twenty million <laughs> on Nelson Aguilar, Jonu Smith and Hunter Henry to combine for 57 yards against the New Orleans Saints and score less points than the Saints' defense. And then, Jonu Smith cannot even hold the football. Come on, that's your Titans boy right there. You're not, Jonu's gone. Corey Davis, we want you back. Jonu, stay over there. <laughs> Get your bag, bro. Get your bag, bro. Just don't get it from my team. <laughs> Look, God, hold the football. Yeah. Hold the football. Especially in New you're England. Gonna, you're going <laughs> to bobble it seven times and then drop it upwards so the defense can catch it. At least get your forearm on it and slap it down. Do do something. Fall on it. Headbutt it. Like, Head, <laughs> just... Once you know you're not catching it, just, just get it down. Get it on the ground. Mm-hmm. Like what? I, oh my goodness! Yeah, that is not hot potato, hot potato, hot potato, hot dish, hot dish. Hold it! And that last interception. Look, Mm -hmm. I don't want to jump. I don't want to. 
I don't want to jump right, right into blaming either Nelson Aguilar or Mac Jones. I think I think one of those guys had the wrong read because the ball went to the left of Nelson Aguilar. And Nelson Aguilar cut towards the middle and the ball went to the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of them had the wrong read and it was the last play of the game. It was their last play of the game. I'm not going to kill either of them for it. Mm-hmm. You have to take that, that to home run swing. You throw an interception, you throw an interception. You should not get beat up about it. Yeah, I mean, the, like we said, with that first interception, whenever Mac Jones does something wrong, we're a hundred, Bill is 100% going to keep that in the film study and just show him over and over again. Johnny Smith is going to be watching that one. The whole team is going to be watching that second one over and over again. Like, hey, guys, by the way, if you ever feel like you can't catch the football, make sure it hits the ground or goes out of bounds. Don't let somebody else catch it if they're just, not on our team. Just dive on it. Just dive <laughs> towards it. Stop trying to get all fancy and run for, you know, don't don't try to yak them up. Mm-hmm. Just just catch the football. Just catch the football. Get that first down. That was a first down, right? That was that was almost first down at least. Don't turn that turn Don't let it turn into Trevor a Lawrence and, and Zach Wilson aren't really getting the PT or aren't really expected much this year. And then Trey Lance is Did we lose Chaz? Did he freeze? I think Chaz froze. I think we lost Chaz. Um, which is sad because I want to come dump on the Bears. So I'm hoping he comes in for at least the middle of my Bears well, thing. this team progresses. But oh, you're back. One of us, I wasn't one... sure if I was frozen or you were frozen. I think actually I was frozen. I got a your <laughs> internet connection is unstable, so I'm gonna figure that out. I gotta call Xfinity at some point today or tomorrow. My internet has been bummy. Um, that's all good. I, I can just go... got it, so that's really a problem. Um, I can go back. I was just saying that Mac Jones, like. Of all these rookie quarterbacks, he's the only one that he he probably has looked the best right now. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields obviously hasn't really had that much game time to to evaluate. Yeah. Trey Lance is only really getting rushing touchdowns on like the three yard line, and that's the only time he comes in the game, which I don't mind seeing personally. I'm, like, do we want to talk Trey Lance for like two seconds? I don't want to sit on him for too long. I'm no. Let's start with Bears and then turn into Trey Lance, just because like I have a little Trey Lance thought, and I think it kind of transitions well for my Bears thought. Mm-hmm. So do you want to just get into that? Yeah, I was just going to say last thing for Mac Jones. Oh, like, sorry. I do think that Bill is just progressing the offense slowly through him. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of Patriots fans, I think they thought this was going to be a year for them. And they need to relax because that is just not what's going to happen when you draft a rookie quarterback. Like Tom Brady didn't come out the draft to be the guy. Like he waited for three years until he came behind Bledsoe. Mm-hmm. I don't know why people expected Mac to come in and start a 20-year dynasty as rookie season. But Look, if they I, go better than 6-11, and 11, I think everyone in New England will be happy. Mm-hmm. And they probably will. So they'll they'll be fine. It's I, just those short throws for Mac Jones are eventually – we're going to need to see if he has an a NFL arm. Like I don't want him throwing – 12 yards is deepest target for his entire NFL career at this point. Yeah. Look, I, I actually don't know that they'll get to that. I, I actually would be pretty, pretty unhappy if I'm new England and we don't get six wins considering Cam Newton got us to six wins. And you just know that with Cam Newton, that you know, someone's going to make that a circus. And I understood, you know, the, the optimism of winning nine, eight, this is not as good as you'd hoped. They're still missing Stephon Gilmore. They're still missing Stephon Gilmore. Their defense has looked all right, but it is missing that one lockdown corner. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Whatever. Look, look, it, 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 it's not about the short term. It's about the long term. You got to think about that. You got to sit there and understand this is a long, and, and look, this, he's got a long career ahead of him, Mac Jones. You have him for at least five years, at yep. least. And then extension. You might be able to get it. If it's a Pat Mahomes extension, you might have him for 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> 
Might you, as well you, lock you, him up for the rest of his career right now. <laughs> who knows how long you'll have Mac Jones for? You'll have him for mm-hmm. at least five years. And if you don't have him for five years, if you have him only for four, it's because it's he was, wasn't good enough. Yeah. So how about you temper your expectations, you build for the future, and you don't worry about it because you mm-hmm. shouldn't be worrying about it. Focus on the yeah. future. But speaking of the future, I will not be watching the Bears again this year. <laughs> now, what Maggie did last night was that night was malpractice. For for mm-hmm. twenty dropbacks for Justin Fields, thirteen of them had five guys blocking. Oh, Justin Fields was sacked eight times. He threw for sixty eight yards and was sacked for sixty seven. <laughs> He had one uh, net passing yard. Malpractice. Look, yeah. Look, I don't want to. Malpractice. You were trying to like. Were you trying to embarrass him? Just bring in an extra blocker. Bring in yeah, some extra I, blockers. I this mean, is what they, I'm they, saying. They, this is what I'm saying with with all this O line stuff. Give your guy some time. Mm-hmm. Give your guy some time. Run some more run plays for Fields. Give him some more time. Give him some easier. Just. Yeah, and they need to do a better job of not like their O line was god awful last year. Does not look at all improved this season. They didn't really make any changes except for drafting rookies, which you can't really expect to come in and change the game for you on the offensive line. And so to throw Justin Fields out there with five guys blocking on an O line who already are bad, and then David Montgomery is not the greatest pass blocking running back. It's not really what he does. And then Cole Komet's not really a pass-blocking tight end either. Like, you need to, at least if you're going to draft rookie quarterbacks, fill out some of these other skill position players with guys who can pick up blitzes and guys who can help out the O-line. Like, it was something that I think Eli Manning was making a big point of on the on the Manning cast on Monday last week was you need running backs who will step up and eat a blitzer through the A-gap in the mouth and not care. And that's just not what they have in Chicago right now. And for Justin Fields to just take a snap, and then have zero time in the pocket. Like, what is the one, wait, not the one criticism, but the major criticism of literally all Ohio State quarterbacks is that they don't know how to make decisions when throwing the football. Like, they look at one target, and they throw it to that one target. They don't go through the progressions correctly. They don't go through the reads fast enough. You're giving Justin Fields absolutely zero time to try to learn that at an NFL level with a team that doesn't really have weapons. Like, I don't understand at all what Nagy's doing, and it's, it's wild to see that so like everyone's been calling for him at this point. And it's sad to see, like we say it all the time when coaches or GMs are getting their jobs called for. Like at the end of the day, these are all grown men, human beings that need oh, wow. money to survive and have a livelihood and families and people counting on them. And Matt Nagy go, I'm sure we'll find another job in the NFL at some point, but this Chicago bears head coaching job is really, really not great for him. And to have him come in with Trubisky a few years back and have such a great offense. And then, now get Justin Fields and just throw him to the fire. And yeah. at this point, Nick Foles might start over him. Like, I really don't even know what they're doing in Chicago. Look, I, I don't want to just completely eviscerate Nagy. Or, mm-hmm. or, is it Nagy, Nagy? I don't care. Um, look, maybe he's right. Part, part, look, okay, hear me out. So he didn't start Fields week one, which I didn't love if you were going to play him at all this year. If you mm-hmm. were just like, we're sitting Fields, he's learning this year, I get it. Mm-hmm. The fact... Now you're playing in week three. I don't love that. But maybe he's just right that Fields wasn't ready for the NFL. Maybe that's maybe he's right. No yeah. matter how you want to slice it. Like this look, this is this was look, this it was slightly adjusted for Fields. But 
quite frankly, like this felt like a Kirk Cousins offense. Like he, sh- it, this should, it, the offense should have looked a lot more like Lamar Jackson's first year offense than mm-hmm. this Kirk Cousins scheme with throws and stuff. It's throws yeah. and stuff. I don't know. <laughs> Fields can't throw the ball. I'm not trying to, but look, mm-hmm. there should be so much more stuff for Justin Fields. Yeah. So much more run stuff for Justin Fields. I thought this team would have been primed to sign Cam Newton to, to have mm-hmm. Justin Fields learn from him. Yeah. If you could send, you know, send, send, send Kirk over to, uh, to Washington, bring in Cam Newton. Andy. Or a- Andy. God, I'm, yeah. I'm so, I don't, why do I have Kirk? Why do I keep saying Kirk Cousins instead of Andy Dalton? Why did I, why Honestly, did I... no clue. I was just go- rolling with it. Cause I yeah. was like, yeah, Kirk Cousins throws the ball a lot. He just My sits bad. in the pocket. That's kind of yeah. what they do. My bad. I don't <laughs> know why I kept saying Kirk Cousins instead of Andy Dalton. Wow. Um, it's been a long week for me. I'm gonna own that. I'm sorry. Um, That's fine. Someone get me in second coffee. I guess Ugh, new coffee <laughs> machine. New coffee machine. I guess blame that. Blame them. Um, mm-hmm. Send Andy away. <laughs> Leave Kirk alone. <laughs> um, but quite frankly, like I, I do think that they should have run some more plays for Justin Fields. But also maybe Nagy was right. Maybe this Justin Fields was not ready for the NFL right now. Mm-hmm. At which point you don't throw him in. You throw in Nick Foles. Yeah. Nick Foles, who's very ready for the NFL right now, has already gone on a Super Bowl run. Like, Yeah. But, like, look, you traded four picks for this guy. Mm-hmm. Four picks to draft this guy. Two firsts. Uh, two firsts, I believe a fifth and a third. It, you got to give him a chance, I would think. Yeah. Or, or you say, we're sitting him this year and next year is his chance. But you got to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Don't change up in the middle. Don't you? You gotta be consistent. It's not good that you weren't. I, I don't like that they weren't consistent. That left a bitter taste in my mouth. But maybe Nagy was right. Maybe just Fields isn't ready for the NFL this year, and we shouldn't be flipping out too much because you can't. Uh, no, no, you could have blocked more. I'm yeah, not, uh, and the, whatever. I, that, I think that is one of the bigger parts about this team is like you need to. They need to understand that what Andy Dalton and Nick Foles can do is fantastic. It's not what Justin Fields does. Like Justin Fields is a whole should be an entirely different offense than what those two guys run. And yes, they can have probably like 50% of the plays be exactly the same. Cause yeah, you can do that, but there should be so many more options, run pass options, quarterback run options, scramble options. Like you should be able to get Justin Fields in motion in movement, have guys moving around him. So that the defense can't just clue in on, okay, we're going to rush five against their five. Everyone play defense for 0.4 seconds. And we're going to sack him because mm-hmm no shot we don't get through this line right now and every single time it's like what do you want he's gonna throw four yard slats the entire game he's gonna get picked off at some point like the linebacker's gonna figure it out mm-hmm. so it's just it is gonna be interesting to see how this progresses with them already the week four starter uh, i don't even know if it's fields it might be Foles. it might be dalton like Friday, still no no still no confirmed reports so mm-hmm. it's it's an evolving situation but that's never good for a young quarterback especially when you just need him to be confident in what he does. And you look at what the Niners are doing with Trey Lance, like why can't Justin Fields just do that, come in in the red zone within five yards and make a play? Because once he's down there, if he just gets out of the pocket, has to scramble, oh, oh look, that's a touchdown. You know what I mean? Like the end zone is right there. And if he's throwing those four-yard slants, also a touchdown because the end zone is right there. So I think there's a lot of things that can be done better with what Justin Fields has, has got going on in Chicago. And it's going to be interesting to see if Nagy can make any adjustments or if he's just gone. Look, you mentioned Trey Lance, and I kind of—I don't want to sit on this Bears forever. I'm really tired of talking about them. I'm tired of the Bears. Everyone's talking <laughs> the Bears to death. 
I kind of want to talk about this Trey Lance thing. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seems like down in uh, down in SF, they have no trust at all in Jimmy Garoppolo. It seems like whatsoever. It seems like Kyle Shanahan has no trust in him. He's not running deep roads. He's basically just running any everything within 15 yards, mostly within 10, honestly, in terms mm-hmm. of throws for Garoppolo. They're not running the football. Their offense just looks a little weird to me. Yeah. And I, I just don't get why it isn't Justin Fields. Why it isn't Trey Lance time? I don't get <laughs> it at this point. Like, if you really don't believe in Garoppolo this much, why are you playing him? And I mean, and it's for... a little. I mean, also like, look, if Trey Lance is twenty, but it's mm-hmm. a little worrying that you spent the third overall pick on a guy and you can't play him like whatsoever right now, except for as a running back at the QB position. I mean. I'm not that worried about it. I think this is more the traditional, like the classic NFL route where they expect Garoppolo to probably be the starter this year, maybe even next year until Trey Lance is ready. Cause that's one of the things, especially with Trey Lance compared to all these other rookie quarterbacks, like he's coming out of the NAIA and he's coming out of a situation where he's been a quarterback, a starting quarterback of a football team, I think for less than 50 games of his entire life at this point, cause he wasn't even a quarterback in high school for the most part. So you talk about, not only having to learn how to be a quarterback, how to sit in the pocket and go through your progressions, but then to be able to do that at an NFL level when you really haven't done it that much before. And then the year before he was drafted was a COVID year and they only played one game. And there's so many things that go into his situation where I'm really not that worried or that upset about him sitting for most of the season. Like I do think at a certain point, if the Niners go on a skid and Garoppolo really doesn't look good, then we can see some Trey Lance, but even if the the boys end up like 11 and six this year, 10 and seven, and they're in that wild card fight, they make the playoffs. I think Jimmy Garoppolo has done his job because there has been some injuries. Like Raheem Mostert is already done for what looks like the entire season. It's a huge loss. Elijah Mitchell was the lead back is out right now. Trey Sermon's back, but again, a rookie running back, you can't Mm -hmm. know what he's going to bring you necessarily. And Brandon Ayuk was just, completely absent for the first two games of the season. We saw him a little bit more against the Packers, but there's definitely some questions about this offense that need to be answered, but I don't necessarily think that Trey Lance is the guy to answer them right now. I think mm-hmm. it's more of just figuring out how Garoppolo can operate with these tools and let Lance continue to develop. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know. This whole situation is still a little weird to me. I, I still am like, man, mm-hmm. I'm still figuring it out, but I want to move on from the rookies. Yeah. Um, let's like last thought. Let's just be patient. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard yeah. to be patient with the guys that are out there and throwing throwing nothing and sucking. I, I say that, and then I'm like, why isn't Trey Lance playing? <laughs> but look, I, I think we should just be patient with the ones that are playing and going through the growing pains. And I think if Trey mm-hmm. Lance starts play, becomes a starter, we should be patient with his growing pains. With Justin Fields, we need to be – it seems like everyone's being very patient, which is actually good. So I hope we keep being patient. It's not yeah. that hard. Rookie QBs don't win games. But let's move on. Let's just really, really quick. I want to talk about that Chiefs Chargers game. Mm-hmm. That was a game that the Chargers almost needed to win. Yeah. The media circus would have absolutely killed them if they lost, which would not have been fair. I'm going to put that out mm-hmm. there. But they got it done. Big ups. And the Chiefs, they just looked sloppy all season, in my opinion. That offense, their defense looked fine against the Chargers. Not world beaters, but they looked good. They did some stuff I like. Mm-hmm. But that offense is just looking sloppy. Yeah. My winning out prediction was totally wrong. And look, I'm I'm not saying Mahomes is washed. I'm not saying Kelsey's washed. I'm not saying anyone's washed. And I think this team will get better as that O line gets more reps with Mahomes. 
mm-hmm. because quite frankly, there is a level of disconnect there that you can just tell with what, how many, they have what, three rookies on that old line. Am I remembering right? I think they have, yeah, two rookies and a, another new guy. They're, they're Look, they're, they've got some new guys in there on that line. Then they have no run game whatsoever. Yeah. I'm still shocked that the Chargers were able to defend Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey as well as they did. Mm. But, like, look, this this Chiefs team does not look like the Chiefs of old right now. I'm thinking they're going to wind up getting a stride at some point. But until then, I think that we all, myself included, need to pump the brakes on them a little bit. Chaz, you have any big takeaways? Yeah, my only real takeaway from this was the Chargers looked real good. Like, I I don't have much to say about the Chiefs in the they third week like of the season. They looked like a different team. The Chargers yeah. looked like a different team this week. Like, I don't have much to say about the Chiefs this early. Obviously, they're going to bounce back. We know who Kansas City is. But the Chargers, offense especially, their defense looked great, but their offense especially with Justin Herbert going for four tuts. And then Austin Eckler, just an absolute monster, catching and running out of the backfield. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, I feel like I remember at the beginning of the season seeing some like Bleacher Report rackings of the best wide receiver duos in the NFL, and I don't think they were even in the top ten. Like, I don't even know if they were an honorable mention. And then this week they were at number one. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely, dude. Keenan Allen should ap- always be in a top five. Anyone next to Keenan Allen is a top five wide receiver duo at this point. When Keenan so Allen them, is on his game, he might he looks like the best wide receiver in the league. So to have those two out there, and then Jared Cook, a veteran presence, who still really hasn't given them much this season, but I think has the chance to pop off at any moment. It's uh, it's looking real good for the Chargers squad, and it just makes that AFC West look even more dominant. I think that the only thing is that Kansas City should legitimately be a little bit more worried about their division than usual this year. Like they're yeah. not nest. Like I said it last week, and I'll say it again, they are not just a guaranteed division champion into the playoffs this year. Like they could legitimately be looking at wild card battles. If the Raiders win a few more, they might. They, I mean, I think that at this point, they're probably not going to get the first seed. I, I just, I, I don't unless they win out, which mm-hmm. I'm not making that prediction again. Sorry. <laughs> But unless they win out, I don't know that they've got a really good route to being that first seed. Mm-hmm. AFC is pretty weak, so it's still possible. I could see any AFC team falling off, except for my Tennessee Titans, especially my Tennessee Titans. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that they are definitely going to at least play a football game week, a football game in the first week of the playoffs. Definitely. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if they're a wild card team whatsoever, especially if this Raiders team just keeps winning. They don't have a crazy schedule. It's totally possible. Mm-hmm. Maybe the Broncos keep winning. <laughs> but this AFC West division is just so good. It's going to be a little bit of a headache for those boys in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. And Look, I'm going to talk about this a little more later. But I want to know your thoughts right now. Do you think that this Chargers game was a signal for what's to come? Or was this like a Super Bowl champ- champagne popping game for them? Was this a flash of Was this a flash of lightning? Or was this turning the lights on? What are your thoughts? Do you get my metaphors? Do you understand where I'm going with this? I do know what you mean. Was, this, I, I de- was this sustainable or was this one game? I definitely think this is a, a more of a, a flick of the switch. Like, okay, mm. this team is ready to go. Oh, really? I don't see. Yeah, I don't see anything about this Chargers squad that points to the fact that they're going to get any worse this season. I, and the way that they've looked to the start of the year, like they have been in competitive football games. They played well. Yes, they've had some up and down moments, but I think their defense is very good. They have some studs all over the field. And if they continue to improve the way they have been, there's no reason that this offense isn't going to keep putting up 30 plus points a game. And if they're doing that, like 
this is a squad that can really go. And if they start getting some quick hitters out of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, like they have been, there's no reason this Chargers squad can't make a serious run this year. Cause Justin Herbert is looking like all that and more at this point. I, I love when we, I love when we disagree and we don't plan it ahead of time. <laughs> Look, I really think that this was more of a Super Bowl win than it was uh, turning on the switch. Mm. This team looked flat for weeks. And not in a, not in a, we're strong, but we're out of sync. Not in a, oh, and Herbert's overthrowing the receivers a bit, or the receivers are making the wrong cuts, or they're missing the footballs, or the pocket's collapsing too fast, or, or anything that's just like, oh, there's something being missed. Mm-hmm. They've just looked flat. They haven't looked like they've brought energy. I felt like they haven't looked like a strong team. And I would think that this was a signal if I hadn't watched the, the games before. And had this strong opinion of they don't look like they don't look like world beaters. They don't look they don't look like they're coming out to kill. Mm. I I just don't they don't think they looked great before this game. Before this game, I did not think they looked great. They have an easy schedule. I think they'll still pick up a bunch of wins. And I think it's possible this is a signal. I think it's definitely a possibility. But I'm really thinking that this is just a flash of the future. Maybe a next season. Maybe maybe. Maybe uh, maybe a next season more than anything is what I'm expecting, but I don't think mm-hmm. that this is a now. This is that this team is going to turn into world beaters, and I definitely don't think Justin Herbert is better than Patrick Mahomes. At least not <laughs> until he makes the playoffs. Like, can we just wait until then mm-hmm. until go with this hot take? But yeah, for now I'm not feeling I'm not feeling that this Chargers team is going to take that jump. I still think that they'll get a wild card slot. Maybe they win the wild card game too, but mm-hmm. I, I expect them to come out flat again next week against the Raiders. I mean, Monday night is going to be an exciting one for sure. Oh, definitely. I definitely think it's going to be a an interesting situation with that Mahomes. Those Mahomes uh, Herbert arguments are already pretty hilarious to watch. I just I'm I'm funny to see the. It seems like it was the the analyst curse at this point, not the necessarily the announcers of just that Patty Mahomes September that everyone was talking about. That record oh just God. went to complete garbage. Nope. Like gone. <laughs> Went from 16 and 0 to like 17 and 2 with like four more interceptions on it now. And he had none before. It's just now it just looks like a regular good quarterback. Like mm-hmm. a regular, regular, regular generational three, talent. Regular generational <laughs> talent, top three quarterback, top three quarterback in the league numbers. Not, you know, just the casual Peyton Manning, Tom Brady stuff. Like, you know, no, no longer GOAT, but, you know, still uh, pretty, pretty, um, you know, you know go what, what a loser. He only looks really, really good. Yeah, wow. Um, don't look fat. You're not unbeaten in the first month of the season. Wow, you suck. You suck. <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of teams that are unbeaten, I feel like we're always talking about the AFC West. So let's look somewhere else first and then get to the AFC West. Mm-hmm. And let's look at the one team that isn't in a Western division. Start with them. The <laughs> Carolina Panthers, the team yes. we definitely expected from the NFC South to be unbeaten at this point of the season, is unbeaten at this point in the season. Mm-hmm. They beat the Texans without Tyrod Taylor last week after beating the Saints with no coordinators in week two and the Jets in week one. So the Panthers are undefeated. Yes, sir. And I'm going to refer back to what I said in the preseason. If they start the season 9-0 and or 8-1 and and then nearly lose out, I would not be shocked mm-hmm. at all. And with that said, I know Christian McCaffrey is out for at least a few weeks right now. This is Probably next week would be the best time for him to get injured, but this is the second best time on their schedule for him to get injured. Their next mm-hmm. six games are the Cowboys on a slightly who are coming off a slightly short week, mm-hmm. the Eagles, the Vikings, the Giants, the Falcons, and then the Patriots. 
I think the Cowboys could still win all. I think the, 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 I don't, my notes are off today. The Panthers should be able to beat most of those teams, even without McCaffrey. Mm -hmm. But with McCaffrey, they should be, they should have beaten all those teams with the second, you know, having the second best running back in the league is still huge. Yeah. But I think that they could still beat most of those teams without him, especially with the way that DJ Moore has been playing. Him and Darnold mm -hmm. have been killing it together. I yeah. think another receiver is going to have to step up. But I think this team can still win most of those games. Come out eight and one, nine and zero, oh, maybe yeah. no, no. It just feels wrong to say, but it's possible. But I'm telling you, the end of their season, like I said before the season started, the end of their season is absolutely brutal. If mm. they start out nine and zero, oh, eight and one, and then lose out, I'm not going to be shocked. Yeah, they definitely, they're they're definitely a squad that I thought was poised to to have a good year this year. Didn't necessarily think that they'd be one of the last undefeated teams left in the NFL, but Sam Darnold's looked great to start the season. Of course, the when we talk about this team, you do have to mention the fact that they have played some of the best teams in the NFL so far. They have played some of the weak defenses, although the Saints are a good team, but without that many coaches, it is hard to make sure that everyone's on the same page every day. So to have Sam Darnold out there slinging the rock like he has been, it's nice to see, especially for the people in, who are calling for his head and saying he was a bust when he was with the Jets. It's like, yeah, okay, like everyone with the Jets looks terrible. I don't know what to tell you right now. Mm -hmm. But Sam Darnold's looking great. It is going to be exciting to see what happens with now like Chuba Hubbard and, and, Free, and Royce Freeman in the backfield because I think they'll have a chance to, to be exciting. Chuba's one of those guys who can do a lot. Like no one is close to Christian McCaffrey, but he can be Christian McCaffrey light. He does a lot of the similar things in his receiving game and in the way he runs the football. Obviously, he doesn't have any of the strength, but to, to see him go out there, it's going to be exciting. This Panthers team, it's just J.C. Horn. I hope he's okay. Mm -hmm. He can get well soon. They made that trade for C.J. Henderson to bolster up the defense again because that's where they they hang their hat. So I know Matt Rule is getting that team together, and they're excited, but it is going to be an interesting season for the Panthers. They're still going to be searching for that wild card spot, but – Maybe maybe they come out on the top of this division. Like there's a chance that the Saints don't really catch them, and if not, like I don't expect the Falcons to get there. And the Bucks are, you know, what I'm saying the Bucks are winning games, but just took an L to the Rams. Tough week at this game against Bills. So you never know what could happen in that NFC South. Yeah, actually, Week 11 they have Washington, who has looked really really bad so far. Maybe they'll. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'm being a little. Maybe I'm just being pessimistic. They have uh, Washington. Miami and New Orleans in that last uh, in their last eight weeks. They also have their bye week before they play when they go to play Atlanta. They have Atlanta. Oh man, I I regret that take. They could actually make a wild card spot. Yeah, even oh even with miss losing a few games right now, I'm gonna take that back. Mm -hmm. I had my notes are off today. Um, it's all good. Let's talk about the rest of the three and O teams. They're the LA Rams, the Arizona Cardinals, the Raiders and the Broncos, Vegas Raiders and Denver Broncos. Mm -hmm. I want to start with the Raiders and Broncos. Cause they're the funniest. The Raiders became the first team to start a season three and O beating mm -hmm. three teams that won 10 games the previous season. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Denver Broncos are three and O and the teams they've beaten are combined. Oh, and nine. I love football schedules so much. Yeah, I mean, the, the schedule makers are obviously out there pulling strings and making sure that they get the best games possible, especially for the Raiders who are playing in that brand-new stadium in Vegas. You want to make sure you can pack out the house, especially at the beginning of the season, so you got to give them a few tough games. But, hey, I mean, they're winning a lot of football games down there. Derek Carr is throwing it around like nobody's business. So 
It's a great time to be Raiders. They have yet to have a boring game, and I love it so much. All their games have just been awesome. Two overtime wins, a tight win against the Steelers. Mm-hmm. We did a deeper dive last week, so I don't want to go too crazy, but I'm really excited for that Monday Night Football game against the Chargers. We'll talk about that more later also. Yeah. But if they beat the Chargers, they've got, in order, Chicago, Denver, Philly, bye week, Giants, and then Kansas City. Yeah. So if they can beat the Chargers, they might walk into that, K- that KC game undefeated. Mm-hmm. Right now, Derek Carr for MVP is tw- plus 2,200. And if I lived in a state where sports gambling is legal, I might I might have thrown like a little fiver on that, seeing if I can make some good money on that. Plus 22, put five bucks, that's what, 110? It's wow. interesting. If Derek Carr wins an MVP this year, it'll be a whole, whole different narrative in the NFL. But uh, yeah, I mean, uh, definitely a good week going into it for this team. They got a real shot. That Denver game is going to be important. And then this Monday night game against the Chargers is going to be must watch football. I'm just so disappointed. We're not going to get to see Peyton and Eli call in the game. Apparently they're off for the next three weeks. So yeah, it's going to be the regular Monday night broadcast. Good luck to them. But I think they're off until week exciting. seven, I believe. I don't know. I imagine they're going to get a call that uh, they really want them back for week five because that <laughs> it was just so fun watching them call games. Um, mm-hmm. All right, Denver Broncos really quick. Again, we did a deeper dive last week. They've beaten the Giants, the Jags, and the Jets in weeks one through three. And they're going to have another cakewalk next week with, let me check my notes. Oh, wait, no, they're playing the Baltimore Ravens. (laughs) The Broncos are about to get tested. Yeah. And I think they actually have the personnel to beat this Raiders team. Their rush defense, their, 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 their run defense is pretty good. They held Saquon Barkley to, they held the entire Giants team to 60 rushing yards in week one. And Saquon has almost rushed for that himself in weeks two and three. I I think that they have the personnel to slow down this Ravens team, at least a little bit. And their offense has been kind of lightning in a bottle. Melvin Gordon is playing out of his mind. Teddy, Teddy Two Gloves is playing out of his mind. Yeah. I think they have a chance to win this game. And no matter, like, I let's talk a little more about that game a little later, but I'm not seeing this Denver Broncos team. Do, do you see this Denver Broncos team making the wild card? I mean, at this point in the AFC West, like I think they're probably the worst of the four teams, and that's not necessarily a knock on the Broncos. It's just the fact that the Chargers and the Chiefs have some real squads right now, and the Raiders are rolling. But I don't think so, unless every single team in this division is going to make the playoffs. Like I don't see the way that the Broncos sneak in. But they got, mm-hmm. man, they got a squad over there. That defense is monstrous. Teddy Two Gloves is is doing his thing, and it's just crazy to see what what could have been if with him and if Christian McCaffrey was healthy last year and not. Carolina Panthers team could have been a real squad, but Hey, mm-hmm. right now this Denver Broncos team is rolling and I'm sure this Ravens squad is, is excited coming off a close win against the lions. They need to come out and show the NFL that they're a team that's not necessarily about to lose to the lions. If Justin Tucker doesn't hit a monster kick and they don't get a delay a game and mm-hmm. they don't and Lamar Jackson picks up a fourth and 19. Like there's a lot of things that the Ravens needed to do to win. Yeah. So I'm sure that Harbaugh is going to be and, on and a, all week. and a delay a game call that went in their favor. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm telling you right now that Justin Tucker, the way the be not because Justin Tucker is so good, but because the Lions are cursed. Justin Tucker could have cooked that field goal from 80 yards and it would have gone in. Yeah, Calvin Johnson was pretty much you could have if you were a Lions fan, you could have saw Calvin Johnson jump up and tip that ball off the crossbar over it for the good field goal because you will not pay him his money. Lions, what are you doing? (laughs) Just yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm madness. Loved that game. Yeah. Denver has a pretty tough schedule going ahead uh, just because of their division. Their mm-hmm. out-of-division isn't actually crazy except for their game against Cleveland and this game against Baltimore. 
I don't know that they'll make a wild card, but I wouldn't be. I, it, it's not. It, it's not outside the realm of possibilities, mm-hmm. especially with how bad the rest of the AFC has looked. Like other than the AFC West, and uh, other than the AFC West, I mean, maybe Cincinnati keeps this up and they can win enough games to take that to take a wild card spot. I don't know. We'll have to see. But if not, this Ravens game could be more like one of the more important games. Those could be two teams fighting for that seven seed at the end of the season. Definitely. Uh, yeah. All right. I want to move on to the the, the LA Rams. Mm-hmm. They surprised me with their win over Tampa Bay. I was pretty out on them. And maybe that was a little early. Uh, but I'm very happy with my LA Rams Super Bowl bet right now. <laughs> uh, I thought this Rams defense would have much more trouble with the vast array of passing weapons that the Bucks possessed. And this is a game that I think they can use to really rally. This is one mm-hmm. of the games where I think they're turning on the lights. Okay. Where I didn't think that that uh, that the Chargers game was a lights turning on. I think this is a lights turning on. Because this Rams team has looked good. But like I said, they looked a little out of sync. Mm-hmm. I think that there was a little too much, um, what's it called? Interpretive play, you know, changing in the, in the middle of the play. Which is fine when you have Cooper Cup. <laughs> yeah. But... I think that they're gonna be able that they're gonna use this to energize the team. The line's gonna the O line's gonna hold up a lot better. Matthew Stafford and the offense is gonna be a lot more in sync, and they've been pretty in sync. I think that they're gonna hit that next level that we kind of expected from them, where he's just mm-hmm. gonna definitively be way better than Jared Goff. Yeah. Well, I think he's obviously been better, but I think he's gonna hit that way better level. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna hit that level where they're supposed to be on. I think they could win a lot more football games going ahead. Yeah, I mean this LA Rams team poised to go. Uh, any team that's that's in Los Angeles obviously is going to pack out the house with stars. They got a Super Bowl, I'm pretty sure, in their stadium this year, so they're going to be really excited. And all I hear about that SoFi Stadium is it literally feels like you're walking into like 2075. Like it's so futuristic and very cool. The cameras are all over the place; are just absolutely amazing. So I think that this Rams team is definitely poised to go and. And they were, I mean, didn't, were never trailing in the entire game against the Bucks. You know, Matthew Stafford looked great. I get Tom Brady threw for 440 yards. Like, congratulations. You still lost, you though. Still like, lost by, and by a bit, if I remember right. It wasn't. Yeah, they lost never, by 10. And even, it, it, uh, how about this? It never looked like they had control. And it, yeah. it, it looked, from, from the start of the game to the end of the game, it felt like the Rams had control against mm-hmm. Tom Brady, someone who you never should feel like you have a control of a football game against. And if Tom Brady is going to be the the single leading rusher for your Buccaneers team after a game, that is something that you will need to fix up right quick because there's no reason he needs to throw 50 passes in week three. Leonard Fournette and Rojo, I think, combined for nine carries. You know, like that. And then the other running backs, like as a trio, they combined for 21 total yards. Tom had three carries for 14. I don't think Tom Brady rushed for that many yards in an entire season with the Patriots usually. So it's like, Hey, he's in a thousand yard rusher, man. Don't disrespect him. Is he actually over his entire career? (laughs) No way. No chance. Yeah. I I'm going to look it up. Keep going to talk about this last undefeated team. Go ahead and talk about them. Uh, We got the, we have the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, totally. Um, We have the Arizona Cardinals. And the Cardinals benefited by playing a completely unprepared Tennessee Titans team, but mm-hmm. have also had a top two D line, no question, this season. Kyler Murray has been playing at an MVP level. He's looked amazing. He's, I think, the betting favorite right now for MVP. He's kind of, he's, he's been a, just really looked awesome, done a lot of, improved in so many ways that we were hoping he would. There are still some real questions with their secondary. 
We saw that against the Vikings. But I'm wondering if the and I'm wondering if the secondary is going to be such a weakness that it's going to cause this team to collapse. Because that Viking game was just so bad, they should have lost it, no question. And but we'll you know we'll we'll have to wait and see. I'm mm-hmm. wondering if Kyler Murray's play is going to be sustainable. I'm wondering if the Cardinals' play is going to be sustainable. I think that D line is definitely sustainable. I don't think that's a big hot take there. But it's going to be interesting to see how long Kyler Murray can keep this up. He's just been killing the blitz. I'm wondering if teams are going to stop blitzing him. Yeah, and I mean, how he's then going to have to adjust his game. We'll have to wait and see. The way he gets out of the pocket and moves around, like I feel like I said this at the beginning of the year, or, or at some point I've definitely mentioned this. It's just like he looks like he's playing a video game out there. Like he's just going out there. He scrambles. It's so funny to watch him because everyone makes jokes about Kyler Murray being small, and he does look tiny on that football field. I don't know why, because he's listed at like five nine, five ten, which isn't particularly small. Like it's pretty average height. Okay, but it, it's just so funny to watch his like <laughs> so funny to watch his little legs just move. Because he <laughs> honestly is just hopping and skipping and just absolutely like burning dudes, completely torching them. But it's just you see him running, it's the little roadrunner out there. And you mentioned his his ability to escape the pocket and complete passes out of blitzes. I think a lot of that is just his connection with his receivers. And they have a lot of them over there. Like, I feel a lot of people, while I was on this Arizona train, were kind of sleeping on the fact that, you know, DeAndre Hopkins, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Rondale Moore, that's like four very good wide receivers Mm -hmm. who are all athletically gifted at different things. And are all seemingly on the same page with Kyler Murray. So whenever he's scrambling, he's got at least two guys, one short and one deep running with him. And it's just, it's looked real good. That combination of Edmonds and Connors is the backs and Edmonds a little more catching and, and midfield runs Connor in the end zone to bully through people. This Arizona team is man. They're looking ready to go. And it's just makes the NSC West even more, more scary. Yeah. And look, Let's let's switch gears. Looking ahead at the fun games for next week, you, know, you mentioned Absolutely. Cardinals and scary in the AFC West. They're they're playing each other. So, look, we're gonna look at let's look at next week. Okay, we got spoiled mm-hmm. last week with so many exciting games, uh, but I thought the the matchups themselves were pretty underwhelming. And this week, I think the actual matchups are a lot more fun. Yeah, and we're starting to kind of learn a lot about these teams. There's there's more stuff we can pick up. It's just a shame that all the best games are at the same time, <laughs> uh, except for the primetime games. So. Look, surprise, surprise, the best game this week in my eyes is Cardinals-Rams. Two undefeated squads. Two undefeated squads, same division. We talked about both of these teams just a second ago. This week's matchup mm-hmm. is going to be absolutely huge and a great game. I kind of wish it was a primetime slot because it definitely deserves it. Yeah, why is this not Monday night? Like, <laughs> Why wasn't it yesterday? Why Why did we have to watch Trevor Lawrence on... Uh, why did we have to watch... Actually, Trevor Lawrence was pretty good. Like, why did we... How about this? Why did we have to watch a game that really should have been really bad yesterday? We were blessed that that game yesterday was good. It had no right to be that good. Yeah. Also, Joe Burrow, by the way, big, big ups on that last drive. That was surgical. I loved it. Yeah. Um, Joey B is looking real. That was just an awesome, awesome way to, that was an awesome Thursday night football game that had no business being that awesome. Joe Burrow looks like a stud. Trevor Lawrence is figuring it out and I love to see it. But But Rams cards, Rams cards, uh, that Rams D line is going to, that Rams D line is going to be tested. Yes. Aaron Donald is a monster. But Murray is, as we said, one of the better scrambling QBs in the league right now. He's one of the best QBs when blitzed right now in the entire league. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that that's going to be really tough for them because people have been saying their entire D-line is just Aaron Donald. <laughs> we'll see what's up with that. Um, mm-hmm. I also think the Rams offense is going to be able to march all over this Cardinals team. 
if the O-line can hold. Mm -hmm. And the O-line looks good. Yeah, J.J. Watt and Chandler Jones is a problem. Yeah, <laughs> the D-line for the cards is going to do some damage. If the O-line isn't holding up, Stafford's going to have a lot to have to do a lot of improving, which is fine. Improvising, which mm -hmm. is fine because they have Cooper Cup. Yeah. As we said earlier, there's been a lot of improv improvisation going, you know, Stafford to Cooper Cup, just kind of like, all right, well, we're going to figure this out while the ball's in play. Let's go. Mm -hmm. Probably two of the best people to be doing that with but it will slow them down considerably and is probably going to be the best way for Arizona to go out and be in this football game on the defensive side. But looking at that Cardinals secondary, this is going to be their test. If the D line is not able to get to the QB pressure him constantly, get some sacks up, or at least, at least pressure him hard, at least make Matthew Stafford uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. I just think the Rams are going to be able to eviscerate that secondary. This is going to be the test for the, for the, for the Cardinals secondary. If they cannot hold up, this is their, you know. See, and I think to the to the credit, yes, this is a big test for the Cardinals secondary. Mm -hmm. I also think for the Rams, like Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup, Djax, as much as they love connecting on these deep routes and they're getting big plays off, big chunk plays has been a lot of how they score points this season. Buda Baker's back there. Mm -hmm. And Buda Baker is not to be messed with. There is absolutely no way you want to ever put anyone in single coverage against Buda Baker because he will either take the ball away or he will block the pass, or he will send your guy to the medical tent because he is absolutely a problem. So I think for for Stafford or he'll send to, your or he'll send your O lineman to the shadow realm. Shout out to Tyler, Taylor Lewin. Yeah, so like absolutely that this Cardinal secondary, the corners are going to have to step up and play big. Cooper Cup's been de just destroying the entire league at this point. Mm. But for them, for Matthew Stafford and their big chunk plays, which I think is a large part of how this Rams team gets going. It's going to be a test for them as well to see if they can break those off against a good defense when he won't have as much time in the pocket as he has in the past. And there's a, a few more weapons in that deep secondary that are going to be making plays. So it is going to be an exciting game. And yeah, I'm just, this is one of those games that should be a Thursday night, a Monday night, a Sunday, something like, I don't know how this game ended up on just a regular four o'clock slot with the other NFC West matchup right next to it too. And it's just like, well, why, why are we doing this? Like, why why do we have to put the best division in football playing each other all at the same exact time? And speaking of the of the other NFC West game, that's probably my second favorite game of the week. <laughs> like, it's it's our big NFC West Coast bias, you know? <laughs> like, every NFC West Coast divisional game is going to be must-watch TV. Mm -hmm. uh, unless the Seahawks continue to lose football games. But the stakes are so real, especially now early in the season. Every win between this division can play huge at the end of the season when tiebreakers matter. Yeah. Like, usually, okay, if the Seahawks lose, it will put them three games away from the top of the division because someone will be undefeated in this division. Mm -hmm. Math. Well, they might tie. <laughs> and that would usually be the end. Usually, you're down three games. You're at the bottom of your division. It's pretty hard to come back and win the division. But they have two games against both the Rams and the Cardinals. So whichever yeah. is in first, they can basically close that gap if the Hawks can beat them twice. Yep. 49ers, same deal. Yeah. With a win, they're tied for second. With a loss, they're tied for third. And they have two games against whichever team is first in their division. Yep. This this division is still going to be is still up for grabs. Wide but this open. game, the tiebreakers that are going to be mattering from every single game in this, that could matter from every single game in this division, is going to mm -hmm. be huge. You mean massive. Yeah. And no, this is going to be a great one. And as for the actual football game, <laughs> I mean, 
I'm torn because I'm kind of the the 49ers are I've been a I've been a team that I'm like yeah I'm in uh, am I in am, am I in I I'm in I'm not in I've, I've been very like you know mm-hmm. I've I've been kind of like dancing in and out in the 49ers yeah but I think they should be favored yeah they're at home mm-hmm. the Seahawks defense has been atrocious the Niners offense has been doing a great job of executing except for their game against Philly mm-hmm. they lost to a though they, I'm a little I have some pause. Yeah, because they lost to a Green Bay, which took a surgical performance by Aaron Rodgers and Mason Crosby. I think Devontae Adams apparently not having to go through concussion protocol. That was so weird. But what I, I don't know how that wasn't targeting also, but J, oh, what was it? Um, it was whatever. That was a big hit from Jimmy Ward. It was a big hit. And then to give a passing, uh, roughing the passer on that soft app, whatever. Yeah. Not doing, that. Not doing it. Re- Look, it's hard, hard to be a ref. Mm-hmm. I that gives me some pause because in a lot of way the in a in a in a general sense the the Packers and the Seahawks are similar. Mm-hmm. Both have superstar QBs who can improvise if their O line isn't working. The weapons aren't insane, but they're significantly elevated by their star QBs, and mm-hmm. the defense is suspect. Yeah. So on the one hand, it took near magic from Rodgers to win it, but on the other hand, Green Bay still did win. Yeah. So there's my pause. There's where I'm not. I'm not feeling super uh, confident in saying that the C- that the Niners should be favored. And I mean, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna ride with the Niners. Obviously, I think that this team has had some up and downs and some injury problems. Obviously, already in this early season, which is not great. But with the Seahawks team, it is gonna be a lot of back and forth, and they do have some great weapons. I mean, DK, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson, an incredible trio of guys with Russell Wilson slinging the rock around. There's, it looks like Gerald Everett might not be out, might be out with, it looks like COVID protocols, which Ooh. seems very weird out of the Seahawks because I was pretty sure that they have just been vaccinated and locked down for the last like three years at this point. I think they so have I, one guy who wasn't. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's him. Well, he's coming out from the Rams, so it's it's not impossible out of LA. Nope. But uh, yeah, we'll see Desley Moore, who's a big piece for them. But it definitely is going to be a, a bit of a gunslinging affair, and the Niners are going to need their defense to step up. They've been hit and miss so far this season. I think that line is going to really be where it matters. It's all going to be in the trenches for this one, and Bosa and Armstead are going to need to get to Russell Wilson because, or else he's going to have a little too much time, and DK and Tyler Lockett are serious problems when he has time. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely. I mean, it's, it's going to be such a fun game to watch. I'm really excited. Yeah, this is going to be another great one, and you mentioned division of – matchup every single mod matters even more it's like three wins of one like, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah yeah I, I mean i'm literally calling it one and a half in in my standings when i'm we'll, we'll talk about the colts <laughs> later um yeah i'll mention that the last game of this week that i'm like this is super exciting which by the way we've rattled off wait we rattled off no i skipped one sorry next game raiders chargers on monday night football Ooh-wee. maybe i'm Another just in love with matchup uh, Maybe nine. I'm just in love with divisional games. Maybe I'm just, mm-hmm. I, I actually, all four games that I'm going to list are with undefeated teams. And that's kind of, uh, I'm going to be honest and say that was a coincidence, <laughs> but undefeated teams play better football. So more exciting to watch. Look, the Chargers feeling are probably, look, the Chargers are definitely feeling hot after being the Chiefs and the mm-hmm. Raiders are definitely feeling hot after being three and oh. Yep. I think that the Raiders have a better D line than than the chiefs but the offense is kind of like a chief's light so for the chief's defense they've had a week already where they played a similar but much better set of weapons which i think will help them with their preparation mm-hmm. but i am a little more worried for this chief's o-line 
I mean the, Chargers. the Chargers O line. Mm-hmm. Then, um, then I was for them against KC, hmm. and I uh, also am a. I, and the, the 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 Raiders defense has been pretty good, but I mean Kansas City secondary was really good last yesterday. So there's there's a lot going on here, Chaz. You want to you want to say something first? Yeah, I mean for the Raiders, obviously that D line has been monstrous so far this season, and against the Chargers, they're going to need to be like Crosby and Gawkway coming off the edges are going to need to get to Justin Herbert because if he has any time in the pocket, he will find someone. And he is very, very good. Those receivers are elite. But this Raiders squad, I mean, coming in 3-0 and off with three big wins, Josh Jacobs is apparently back and running at full speed, which is great to hear. Want him back in the lineup, even though Derek Carr is slinging the rock a ton. It's always good to have Josh Jacobs toting. And to have them go out there, Casey Hayward Jr. has been unreal for the Raiders so far. As a cornerback, he's been like one of the best zone corners so far in the league. And I know most corners don't like to be called zone corners. He's just very good in zone coverage. He's very good at man as well, but he's been elite in zone coverage. So to have him go out there against either Keenan Allen or Mike Williams, it's going to definitely be a real test for this Raiders team who haven't seen the best opponents, I guess, so far this year. But I'm excited for this game Monday night. It's going to be a classic for sure. The Raiders seem to only play just close last second football game. So this is going to be one you will not want to miss because I think no matter who's winning this one, it's going to come down to the wire. Definitely. Now, look, I, I'm going to tell you right now, I wouldn't be shocked if the Chargers come out flat again. I told you, I think that this wasn't uh, turning on the signals. I think they brought in all the extra hype for the Chiefs game, and I think that they're going to be missing a lot of that. I, I think that they're they're walking in after a champagne win. They're going to be a little groggy. Yeah. I I think that they – I wouldn't be shocked if this is a loss. For the Chargers, mm. especially with a with young QB, not exactly the oldest team. Harvard's being anointed an MVP candidate. People are saying he's better than Patrick Mahomes. I just really smell that they're going to get a little too high, and mm. I wouldn't be. Sh- and also, you know, first year head coach too. Yeah, I, and the Raider coming up against a Raiders team that's just been in kill mode all season, pulling out all the punches, throwing haymakers. Everyone's mm. just going crazy. They're playing with chips all over their shoulders. Everyone, all rallying behind that Derek Carr mean mug. Yes, I wouldn't be shocked if the Raiders come out and are able to not, I don't want to say steamroll, but control this game start to finish and mm-hmm. rack up another good win against this Chargers team. But I want to say, if this Chargers team is able to get that win, I think it's going to tell us a lot more about the Chargers um, than, if, than what we'd learn about the Raiders if they win. I think that this is going to be a huge game for the Chargers in terms of deciding who they are as a team. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, must watch football, in my opinion. I'm down. I think it's going to be a great game as well. And I do I do think that the Raiders are ultimately probably favorites in this one. But it's going to be it's going to be exciting. Apparently, like 75, 80 percent of the people going to the game are Raiders fans. So, yeah, it, it's going it, to be it, nice. It, it's in L.A. It's a Raiders home game. <laughs> it's going to be nice to see the place rocking the, the black and silver for the whole night. We're we're playing. The, the game is in L.A. <laughs> I'm surprised that whatever. I'm surprised that the Chargers didn't go to to Vegas and the Raiders to LA. But hey, hey. is what it is. Look, mm-hmm. the last super exciting matchup, exciting game this week is Ravens Broncos, and it's not so much because of the personnel. It's not so much because of uh, anything. I think that every Raiders game is must watch TV. They made yeah. a game against the Lions look like must watch TV, and the Broncos offense is just so fun to watch. Mm-hmm. They're just the Broncos' offense might be the most fun offense to watch in the league. Just yeah, 
You're just I'm like what? Every time you watch it, you're like, it looks like magic is happening. It's crazy. They're pulling plays out of their butt. Mm-hmm. And the Broncos, people. and the Broncos are fighting to stay undefeated. Mm. Now I wouldn't be surprised if this game winds up being a drag, just because there's been so much, so much amazingness coming out of both of these teams. But I have a lot of hope that this game will be awesome. Yeah, I mean, I think it's got a chance to be a great one. Obviously, Lamar Jackson is must-watch football at any point. I'm pretty sure they're saying right now he's a lead in the NFL in yards per throw and yards per carry, which is just something absolutely absurd. Like no one has ever done in the history of the NFL. So he's he's out here doing his own record-breaking stuff this year. But, yeah, I think this is definitely going to be a great battle. Two good defenses going up against each other. Two exciting offenses going up against good defenses. It's it's definitely one of the more exciting games of the week. There's a lot of few there's a few other ones in here that I think are are going to be good matchups too. I have a lot of storylines to them. But an, you talk about another four o'clock game. It's going to be a good one. This Ravens Broncos squad is going to be a an exciting afternoon game to watch for sure. Definitely, and of course, it's all at the same. Wait, uh, is this one at the same time? Yeah, four twenty five. Four twenty five. Hey, we get twenty extra minutes. We'll. Poor, poor mm-hmm. Steelers Green Bay. I'm not, not poor Steelers Green Bay. Another good game, just not gonna get watched. Not gonna get watched by me. I mean, I'll I'll have the red zone on, but yeah, Aaron Rodgers against that Steelers defense will be exciting to watch. But hey, I, I have no clue what's happening with the Steelers on offense at this point. Yeah, I don't need to. I don't. I, I don't need to watch that when I've got three other amazing games going on. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for the Titans Jets game. I mean, I will. I will watch some. Don't get me wrong. I'm not about to tell you guys I'm not watching a game. I'm gonna watch the game at least yeah. parts of it, if not a rewatch, but I hope mm-hmm. I'm not watching it in the moment. I'm the Rams and the Cards attention. are playing and the Seahawks and the Niners are playing. Uh, let's get to the less exciting games. I think that there are some mm-hmm. that are going to be more than watchable. These are all going to be more than watchable games, but not at that level of excitement of these first few. The first one I want to mm-hmm. say is Browns Vikings. Uh, I think it might yeah. wind up being a fun one. It also might just be really, really boring. Minnesota beat Seattle, which might be a good win. I'm still not sure. And they also all they should have beaten the Cardinals, but missed a kick. Also cursed. Cursed. And the Browns have just been awesome this season, but also have only been tested for like six quarters in which mm-hmm. they lost to the Chiefs and played a really tight game against the Tyrod Taylor Texans. There's potential to this game, but not enough for me to buy into it. Yeah, I think uh, this is honestly going to be a good one because mm. i think that the the browns are an exciting squad and minnesota's having an up and down year if they can get some of their defense back because they've had so many guys missing time but yeah this is going to be one of those games that uh, i'll be checking i'll be watching throughout because there's not a lot of great one o'clock games but maybe one of those games that it's a, a tune in in the second half if you don't want to watch the full one the, the one o'clock is going to be prime red zone this this one o'clock slot is going to be prime red zone time yeah prime pure red, red zone, zone hours time. um I'm also excited for the Titans Jets because I want to see if Derrick Henry can pump those rushing numbers up just a Somebody little bit. Somebody has more. to be. <laughs> you also have a Corey Davis revenge game. Titans don't have AJ Brown. I don't think they have Julio either. I have to check that injury report. Mm. So maybe the Jets defense actually puts up a fight because they'll just be able to stuff the box. But that Titans O line with Ola Ad- Adeni just going absolutely crazy right now should be Sack City on Zach mm-hmm. Wilson. Yeah. Um if Derrick Henry Derrick Henry's got a chance to put up a bunch of records. If he can get 175 rushing yards, he becomes the first running back with 175 yards in yards rushing in three straight away games. If he can do that and add two touchdowns, he obviously becomes the first one to do that and add two touchdowns. Yeah. I mean, somebody has to be excited for this game. Luckily, it's you because I'm not necessarily that ha- hyped, but they'll be 
I'm definitely going to have it on in the red zone and see what happens. Should be exciting to see if Zach Wilson could do anything against this Tennessee defense that's been a little lackluster, or if, or if this is a, a game where they start to click and maybe just pick them off five times. So, yeah. I mean, we'll, we'll for, see. But for this t- Tennessee Titans defense, it's time they need to step it up. They had they had a Colts game last week where they should have been getting more together. They got t- they had Jets this week, and they got one more. They got one more easy one in Week Six, I believe. Um, uh, they got Buffalo. No, they don't. Week Six, they do not. They got an easy one in Week. Five. They got Jacksonville week five, and then yeah. week six they have Buffalo. Mm-hmm. You got to be ready by the time you're going into Buffalo. Yep. This is your time to prep. Hopefully, hoping that they can have that all all ready by the time Buffalo comes. Or this is going to be a long and disappointing season for this Tennessee Titans team. Side note: mm-hmm. Derrick Henry at plus five thousand odds to win MVP. The money right there. That's. I wish it was better money because when is a QB not winning MVP? But. Uh, yeah. If this if this Tennessee Titans team is able to rattle off enough wins, maybe finish first in the AFC, and Derrick Henry keeps playing out of his mind like he has been this season, becomes the first back to back two thousand yard rusher. Hopefully, he does it in sixteen games, gets to two thousand, not in seventeen. But look, mm-hmm. I I think that there is a chance on that one on that bet. I love yeah. you, Derrick Henry. You're the king. Uh, next game again, Cole. Uh, Look, this one's probably not going to be a great game to watch, but it's going to be interesting because the loser might be done for the season. Mm. Colts-Dolphins. Yeah. If the Colts lose, they'll be 0-4. And so barring a miraculous Jets game, the Colts would be three and a, and a half games back from winning their division. Yeah. That pretty much takes you out of it. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying three and a half because they lost to the Titans. So they would need to beat the Titans again by more than they by more than nine, I believe. Yeah. I think they lost by nine last game. I yeah, they did. That. So they would need to beat the Titans by more than nine to, uh, mm-hmm. or nine or more to, be, to get that tiebreaker. That seems like an end of your chance at winning the division. And then Miami, they would drop to one and three. They'd be two and a half game. If, if Buff, unless Buffalo blows, blows an easy one against, uh, who are they playing this week? They are playing the Tyrod Taylor less Texans. Yeah, so unless we have a blow, a bit, a really bad Buffalo game, Miami will be two and a half games back from winning their division. Again, very unlikely to win your division at that point, especially with the high expectations that Buffalo has. Mm-hmm. Look, there's still a road to wildcard spots with the AFC West being so weird. But I, I don't I, look. The Bengals are three and one. The mm-hmm. Ravens might go three and one also. Yeah. Or if the Ravens, if the if the Ravens aren't three and one, the Broncos are four and zero. Zero and four almost definitely will get you killed for that wild card spot unless you start winning like seventy five percent of the football games the rest of your season. Yeah, one and three without your starting starting quarterback for another week or two definitely makes it hard to get that wild card spot. Yeah, this is going to be a game for the storylines for sure. The reporters are going to love this one once after it's over because I'm sure there'll be lots of things to talk about. But in terms of the actual football on the field. I obviously two teams that I think thought they would be competing for playoff spots this year. And this is a game where they're going to go out there and honestly need to put it on the line. Like you mentioned, this is almost <laughs> win or go home for them at this point early in the season. So it's going to be exciting to see how much these teams actually show and do. And if they play, like they believe this is the last game of their season, or if they think like, okay, even if we're over four, one and three, we still might have a shot at this. Yeah. And I mean, the Colts don't even have their first round pick this year if they keep playing Carson Wentz. I wonder if they just shut him down at some point. I wonder yeah. if you shut him down. I wonder if, if at what point you shut him down to not give up the first. Um, 
Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, two more games I want to talk about. Panthers-Cowboys. Uh, I think this is only really watchable because the Panthers are undefeated. And if they win, that could they could win a lot more. But I really don't think the Cowboys will drop this one. I think the Cowboys should win this. It would be really bad for the Cowboys if they don't. Uh, I think the Panthers' defense has been a little underrated. And I think they'll have a nice show against the Cowboys. But yeah, the Cowboys do think that they should win this one. I mean... Was, I saw Stephen A. today had the Cowboys as the third best team in the NFL. So oh my uh, apparently the Cowboys are are pretty, their fans are pretty high on the season right now. And Dak has looked great. Zeke looked better. Yes, yes, yes. You guys played the Eagles. The Eagles have one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So just pump the brakes a tiny bit and uh, wait and see. I think this will be a good test for both teams, honestly. I think this, uh, no matter who wins this one, you'll learn a lot about both squads because either Panthers are 4-0 and they look good against the Cowboys where the Cowboys are three and one and they just beat an undefeated team and they'd have this division in the back. Yeah. I mean, yeah, they're currently two and one leading the division leading, <laughs> leading that, that NFC East division. Uh, all right. Last last one. Then we're going to shut it down. Bucks Pats mm-hmm. will not be interesting. <laughs> okay. You know what? Like Tommy's it, back at Foxborough. It, it's, it's only going to be interesting because Tommy's back in Foxborough. Although you know what, now he's got a cold, and maybe he's maybe it's a bad cold, and it actually slows him down. Mm-hmm. But if you're getting at least like seventy percent of Tom Brady, this should be a a a, a, a butt kicking of butt kickings. Yeah, like I I really okay before this whole cold thing started coming out, and he started like sounding sick at the podium and all that. Like also he's Tom Brady. I'm, I'm I, who knows? Yes. Maybe he's faking yeah. it. Maybe he's gonna be totally totally fine. Yeah. It gave me some pause just because I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna come out here and say this game's gonna suck, and then it's gonna be really good because Tom Brady's gonna struggle, and mm-hmm. the O line's not gonna hold the Pats D line. And da, 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 da. Look, <laughs> Tom, <laughs> I think Tom's gonna throw four touchdowns to Gronk and Antonio Brown combined. I think he's gonna try to run up the score. I think he's gonna try to make Gronk and Antonio Brown look awesome, mm-hmm. and the Pats are just gonna wind up folding. Yeah, this Pats offense is just gonna get wrecked. They do not have the tools to compete. With the with the Tampa Bay defense, it's mm-hmm. going to be a bloodbath. Johnny Smith, Johnny Smith is going to have to actually catch football. Yeah, I mean, this is obviously a, a big talked about game, a Sunday night matchup. This is going to be awesome to see Tom and Bill back in the same on the same field again for the first time since I guess the last time they won a Super Bowl together. Like uh, maybe they last year he was on the AFC. I got to go check that. But honestly, it's going to be a, a wild ride. I do think that the Bucks are going to end up just absolutely torching the Pats mm-hmm. in this one, especially because if the Patriots want to do anything, they want to run the ball. And if you want to do one thing against the Bucks defense, it's not run the ball because that's the what they're literally the best at doing in the NFL is stopping the run. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see if Mac Jones maybe tries a couple more deep shots because their secondary is hurt, but they just brought Richard Sherman in to add to that secondary room in the Buccaneers. It's, this seems like a wrap, but hey, who knows what Bill's got up his sleeve for Tom and james white is out for the season now and they he was without a doubt the best back down in uh down in yeah, he's a def- best receiving back that's for sure damian harris is getting a lot of the carries but that's he's true. not catching a single pass so i, I don't know I've, I've liked what i've seen from I, i've liked what i've seen from my boy james white mm-hmm. although damian harris has also been really good I'm not gonna try to downplay that but yeah, yeah this should just be a bloodbath uh if it's mm-hmm. anything but that i would be very shocked for a tom brady team that lost last week to not yeah. come out firing on all cylinders. Mm-hmm. I will say if he wasn't, if there wasn't this whole illness thing, I would be so certain, but I just feel like the universe is teasing us. 
I feel like the universe is teasing us with this Tom, giving Tom Brady a cold. We're all going to sit there and say this game is going to suck. And then Tom Brady is not going to be able to play that well. And everything's going to be a little out of sorts. And there's going to be a bunch of picks and short possession or, or like mm-hmm. short turnovers, a lot of short plays. I think that there is a chance. It, it, it's just, I'm scared of it. I'm scared of it. Mm. All right. The rest of the games, they exist. I'm not really. I'm excited to see what happens, but. There's no game that we really need to clue in on. I don't like think Packers Steelers, maybe not really. Yeah. Like I should mean, be a good sucks. one. Why? It should be a good one. If it wasn't at that same time, I would definitely, if it was at 1 PM, it would be the game that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to watch this game. Mm-hmm. It probably won't be better than Browns Vikings. Um, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, games that I know I'll be checking just to see what oh, happens I'm, and to yeah. learn from Washington, Atlanta. I want to see if that Washington defense is actually anything or if they just suck this year because I think the Atlanta Falcons will be a good test for them because mm-hmm. they should just destroy them. Chiefs-Eagles, if the Chiefs defense can slow down Jalen Hurts at all, that'll be a good test for them too. The Eagles, but really, also low key, the Eagles have also low-key, other than last week, not let the score get run up. I mean, they let the yeah. score get killed by them on Dallas. but the- Saints-Giants could be a good one. Just Joe Judge needs something to happen for the Giants, and the Saints don't look like they want to lose at all. So mm-hmm. I think that Saquon, Alvin Kamara could be a nice matchup as well. But, yeah, it's it's really these later games that are going to be star-studded. I'm excited. Another great week of NFL football we got ahead of us, man. Very it's just exciting. fantastic. And also Joey... NBA, NBA training camp is kicked off. A lot of, lot, of beautiful, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of beautiful games coming up. Super, super excited. WNBA playoffs, it's 1-1 in both series. Can't be more excited to watch what goes on there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Blue Jays are, are making a run at the last wild card spot. Canada's always bumping when the Blue Jays are trying to win. So there's a lot of things going on. It's a great time. Great time in sports. Great time in sports. All right. Mm-hmm. This has been the Ball Talk Podcast with John Sock and Chaz. Thank you so much for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram at Ball Talk Official. If you're watching this on YouTube or a podcast platform, please like, subscribe, rate, review, comment. Anything you can do just to increase the engagement, it always helps us. Just a little free thing you can do that means the world to us. We appreciate Mm -hmm. it every single time. And uh, until next time, thank you for tuning in to Ball Talk. It's Ball Talk. It's Ball Talk, baby. 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 Baby, baby, baby.